I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Casey Cantrell. And welcome to Animation and Beyond. On this episode, we are celebrating another holiday, Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to everybody. And what are we talking about for this episode? Romance in three different animated films, which it's a very recurring theme or recurring trope in many, but we're saying three examples. Romance in in movies just in general is very, very common. Uh, We're hoping to talk about specifically movies that Princess of the Frog, Rio, and Anastasia. That's right. But before we get started with that, let's answer last week's trivia question. Which character from Disney's Winnie the Pooh franchise never actually appeared in A.A. Milne's original stories? That's Gopher, who first appeared in Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree in the first Winnie the Pooh featurette in 1966. And when he first appears, he breaks the fourth wall saying, I'm not in the book, you know. And initially, he was going to be the replacement character for Piglet. Because Gopher was thought to be more like a folksy all-American grassroots image. While American audiences loved the character, British audiences were less than pleased. And he made his last major appearances in the 90s and didn't really appear in anything else, probably because he's known for using explosive-related things, which isn't the most appropriate thing for younger ones. That's a very fair point. However, in the preschool series, my friends Tigger and Pooh, there was a beaver character who looked like Gopher. And Gopher also was likely inspired by the beaver in Lady and the Tramp. Mm-hmm. They look similar. All right, yeah, so a lot of history behind this one character. Stick around for the end of the episode to get the next trivia question. But for now, let's do our segment, Name That Song. Where I'm going, getting closer and closer every day, and I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Almost There is one of the songs from Disney's 49th animated feature, The Princess and the Frog. The music in that movie was done by Randy Newman, who did music for... Pixar films such as the Toy Story franchise, A Bug's Life, Monsters Incorporated, and Cars. And perhaps it's obvious for the song, but can you just tell us a little bit about what the song is talking about? Well, when Tiana and her mother, Eudora, voiced by Oprah Winfrey, and Tiana's voiced by Anika Noni Rose, go into an old sugar mill, abandoned sugar mill, and she envisions it turning into the restaurant of her dreams. Because Tiana, ever since she was a little girl, has dreamed of having her own restaurant which she ends up achieving and at the end. Although not without some obstacles in the way, and certainly including a romance that she sparks with the other film's protagonist. Who was cursed by Dr. Facilier, and he starts off kind of selfish. Yes, so we'll get more into that in just a second, so let's go ahead and start our feature presentation. <laughs> I, I do want to say that Princess and the Frog is one of probably one of my favorite recent Disney films. I, I I agree with you. I think it's one of my favorites too of newer, more modern animated Disney films. Right. Although it's funny uh, that you say it's more modern because in a lot of ways it's very traditional. A lot of uh, animated films nowadays are computer generated, but this is Princess and the Frog was drawn in a more traditional animated style. Hand drawn. Exactly. It was the first hand-drawn animated Disney feature since Disney's 2004 movie, Home on the Range. Uh, Speaking of first, it was also the first Disney film to feature a black Disney princess. 
it was also the first of their revival era where they would make later films that were computer animated mainly such as tangled frozen wreck it ralph and big hero six let's focus a little bit on the romance because it's a well-known trope in disney films that you know there's a princess and there's a prince they fall in love and live happily ever after this one kind of plays with that notion because the idea of course is that love is all is all you need but the main character in this one, she has dreams of her own. Like, at first, she has no interest in fairy tales where dreams come true. She's more into, into hard work and responsibility. Yeah, like you said, she wants to open a restaurant. That's her dream for herself. However, her best friend Charlotte, who's extremely loud and hyper and energetic, has her dream is to find true love. In a lot of ways, she feels like a parody of the more traditional princess where she's just kind of all she can think about is romance and love and and that sort of thing. And while Charlotte is extremely, extremely excited and has to calm down a bit. Yes, exactly. Along the way comes a prince, uh, a French prince, Prince Naveen, who is cursed and turned into a frog. And it's also played by off evil of Dr. Vasilier, the shadow man, an evil voodoo witch doctor. And that also plays off the classic trope of the frog prince who can only be who can only break the curse by getting a true love's kiss from a princess. Dr. Vasilier turned Naveen's butler, Lawrence, who Lawrence didn't treat very well into his henchman. Right. So the prince himself is very arrogant very self-centered. He just wants that kiss from Tiana. But it doesn't turn him back into a human, not the way he had hoped or not the way you probably expect. He, she turns into a frog. <laughs> yes, and so the quest for the rest of the movie is them trying to figure out how to turn back into humans. And then they end up far away somewhere in a, in a bayou somewhere far away in Louisiana. Kiana and Naveen get off to a bad start. How do these two bond while they're frogs? Like, how do they come to fall in love with each other? Naveen learns some good, important life lessons and values from Kiana, not to be so selfish and don't care only about money or yourself. Yeah, I think as they're bonding, they're forced to work together, right? And Naveen learns responsibility is, a, is an important thing in life. Yeah, but I think also another important thing is that Naveen comes to know Tiana as a person. Yes! That she's not just a princess, she's not, not just some pretty girl that's supposed to be there to help him, but rather that she's her own independent person with her own dreams and goals and ambitions and ideas of love. Part of the movies, the, the arc for those two characters is that they learn to respect each other and to see each other rather than cast into their stereotypes as a prince and princess and the, how they fit into the traditional ideas of what, what those things mean. What does their happily ever after look like? They end up falling in love and, and the evil shadow man, Dr. Facilier, eventually meets his untimely demise. And they think if they would fall in love at midnight, but it's too late, similar to Cinderella. But then they fall in love 
and break the spell thanks to some wise advice from the wise old woman who lives in a treehouse in the swamp, Mama Odie. And I think an important point to note is that Tiana actually gets to fulfill her dream of opening up a restaurant, which I think is a, a, an important thing to see that I think as oftentimes with happily ever afters, it's the idea is that, well, now they're together and that's all they need. But I think, no, Tiana still has her dreams and that being in a relationship or being married doesn't replace that. What other lessons do we learn about love and romance in this movie, Ezra? Like when Tiana was following her dreams, she eventually succeeded her dreams with friends on her friends on her side. Yeah, and, and the prince also supporting her as well. Yes, yes, and you learned some good lessons from Tiana. Don't be so selfish or rude, and responsibility is what's important. Yeah, good lessons overall from that movie about what romance looks like and all that good stuff. So, why don't we move on to our next movie, Rio, which we've talked about on this podcast before. Yes, and it was from Blue Sky Studios. But this time around, uh, we'll focus a little bit more on the romance at the heart of the film between the main character and his love interest. Those are Blue and Jewel. At first, when they meet each other, they don't really like each other initially, but then when they get captured by the evil cockatoo Nigel who works for the smugglers and then they try to escape and they don't like each other initially and then they get chained together for a long time throughout the movie and then they meet a samba-loving duo named Nico and Pedro and a cool and friendly bulldog named Luis. So these two characters are basically stuck together. So how do they learn to appreciate each other at first blue makes a big mistake when he turns his back on jewel who is later captured by the evil by nigel the and they're going out to find linda and tulio and they work together also because their species is is dying out yeah so i mean there's there's high stakes for this relationship to work out right yes i know and they eventually fall in love and they eventually move into a into a sanctuary for a reserve and then they go on new adventures and now have children in the sequel rio 2 okay so what lessons do we learn from this movie about how relationships work they probably don't come off to a good start initially like when they start off getting into a fight but then they learn to love each other later on Thanks to some friends by their side. Yeah, I think that's a good point about the friends in that for any relationship to work, relationships aren't just about relying on each other. It's also about mm. finding support outside to, to help you out when you need it. I know this was a good movie. And then I, they go on a new journey on a, to, with their children and their friends to the Amazon, where they discover that the la they, their family, a lot of other Spixes macaws that are, which are the same kind as they are discovered in the in the jungle. So it's it's nice to see how the story builds into the next one. But we won't be getting too much into that. Instead, we will finish off with our last film, Anastasia. Anastasia. Yes, and that film was released in November of 1997. Yeah, and it's a very I want to emphasize a very loose adaptation of actual historical events involving the youngest daughter of 
one of the last stars, I think, of Russia, also named Anastasia. But the movie is kind of like a fantastical version of those events. Very similar to Disney's Pocahontas, in a way. Based on a historical figure, but changing it, not completely historically accurate, but they're changing it and making it more fun and entertaining. I I know that there's a lot of criticisms about that with Pocahontas, and, and there's some criticisms about that with Anastasia, but at its heart, I think it's actually a very interesting romantic story. Anastasia, which is one of the many like animated Disney films trying to discover your true identity, similar in some ways to Tangled from Disney, as well as Sleeping Beauty, and also similar to The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which has kind of dark, mature elements similar to that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it came out around the same time. So the movie is... During the a- time of the Disney Renaissance. Right. So the movie is about Anastasia herself. She gets lost. She actually... Her family gets attacked by Rasputin, and she's running away with the kitchen boy, Dimitri, when she gets hit on the head, loses consciousness, ends up having amnesia and not remembering that she is Anastasia. So the film like cuts to like 10 years later or so. To find her grandmother in Paris. And she also meets Vladimir, Dimitri's best friend. So there's this reward out there to return Anastasia to her grandmother, who is now living in Paris. And Dimitri, now much more grown up, and his friend Vladimir, as you said, they team up to try to bring an imposter to get this monetary reward that's been promised. And they just so happen to find Anastasia, who, who, you know, she thinks she's an orphan, and so they go through this whole scheme. So Dimitri tells her her history. So what what is the relationship between, I think her name's Anya? Yeah, that's her nickname for sure. The titular character and protagonist. Yeah, so uh, she now goes by Anya. So what is the relationship between Anya and Dimitri like? When they first meet each other, they get into kind of a conflict. And at the same time, Rasputin, who who seemingly drowned after after going after Anastasia when she was a little girl, plots to get his revenge on her. Yeah, so they're like working together at first to try to pull off this trick. Like Dimitri has misled Anya, like, she doesn't know that there's a reward in it, in it for him. And as they journey together, they come to grow closer and closer. Yeah. And then they go on a long journey to Paris, and Anastasia eventually gets reunited with her grandmother. And it's at that point that we actually find out, rather, the characters find out that Anya is, in fact, Anastasia. To me, it's similar entangled how Rapunzel learns because she was locked up in a tower for a long time that she is actually the lost princess of the kingdom. That's a very good point. So what happens between Dimitri and Anastasia once she learns that she is in fact the Grand Duchess? They fall in love. That's true, but that there's some complications, right? Because... Like, they get into some conflicts. Right, Anastasia's mad at first because she learns that Dimitri was in it for the money. Like, he had this grand scheme to get rich using her. But later on, Dimitri, though, however, learns some lessons from her. Such as? Important life lessons and don't just care about money, don't be so selfish. Similar in some ways to Naveen from The Princess and the Frog. And I think it's also interesting how 
these two characters, Anastasia and Dimitri, they both served in the same palace. Um, obviously, there is a difference. Dimitri was a kitchen boy. And I think he has a line about that, how princesses don't marry kitchen boys. But because they are both separated, they're, they're in a different country, basically operating under different identities. In some ways, they find that freeing. They can actually be together because there aren't the same expectations placed on them. They end up going on a new journey, falling in love with each other. And Bartok, the comic relief character who, who was really funny, who was Rasputin's former henchman, becomes their friend. Yeah, and, and he has his own romance at the end, too, where he meets a, a pink bat. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, it, just like a lot of other animated films in general, such as Disney, it had comic relief characters, and he was the comic relief character in the movie. Love doesn't come start initially when the two first meet each other. They don't have a good relationship at the start. It doesn't matter where they came from. What matters is what you what you choose. Yeah, you're in this together. And I think that's something that they come to learn. Yeah. OK, so, yeah, those were three movies. Um, a lot of similarities, but but some key differences between those three movies about what love looks like. And yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your time. If you like what we do, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash animation and beyond. Before we let you go, let's close with a trivia question. What series of children's books is The Princess and the Frog based on? Okay, so if you know the answer, give us a shout on Facebook or send us an email at animationandbeyond at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation and Beyond. Bye! See you later. Bye.